Well, I don't know if you've ever seen a Brush With Fame series on the ABC, Ando. Uh, quite, a, yeah, quite a fascinating story that uh, Ando has. But uh, what he does is he, in this particular series, Brush With Fame, as he interviews people, he paints them, he sketches them, and he captures the essence of them on the canvas. As we begin this summer sermon series, Filling the Slate of My Life, we couldn't quite get Ando here, but, but we've, got, we've got someone even better in, Christina. <laughs> and uh, Christina's got quite a story to st- tell as well, but she has a gift that God's given her in uh, painting and in sketching. And she is going to add to uh, this summer sermon series by uh, sketching the essence, uh, capturing the essence of the theme of the message each week. Some weeks will be live, like today. Other weeks, she'll, uh, when, when she's not able to be here, she'll do it in advance. So each week, there will be something there. So not only can you hear God's word uh, ver- verbally, but there will be a visual element to it as well, which uh, we're, we're grateful, Christina, that uh, you're, be- you're willing to use your gifts in God's service in this creative way as uh, we put the opportunity before you. So uh, Christina's uh, never short of a word, uh, but, but, but she, even, in an even greater way, she has a gift that God has given to her. And so we're, we're going to interact a bit and we're going to engage a bit, um, and uh, we, we know that you'll be blessed by that. So uh, Christina, just give us a, a, a snapshot, or do you want to give a preview, uh, or do you just want me to, uh, to, to get into it and then you'll get going? A preview of what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, all right, well away we go, let's pray and we'll get into it Well God, we we thank you for this day and for this time that uh, we are sharing together We thank you that we have the opportunity to hear from you afresh And God, you speak into our lives and you seek to shape us to be more like you And so we pray that uh, today, uh, afresh, uh, we would uh, be attentive to what it is that uh, you would have for us uh, into this, uh, not only this day, but in, into our lives as we seek under you to move forward. We pray this in your name. Amen. Mark chapter 14, the reading that Deb just read to you. Uh, we are going to look at that from, what, uh, from that, at what you fill your heart with. And it's a fascinating story. Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, Mark often presents contrasting things alongside one another. And in this particular chapter, we have on the one hand this woman. Her heart is filled with the most extraordinary and the most extravagant love that leads her to do what she does. But on the other hand, alongside her, not just in the story, but literally at this gathering where Jesus is central. And let's not forget that Jesus is central at this gathering, but right alongside her and around her, there are others whose hearts are not filled, as it turns out, with extravagant love. But instead, their hearts are filled with a lack of love, with harshness, with condemnation, with judgment. Yes, we read in verses the first couple of verses that the chief priests and the teachers of the law were in the background lurking. The Passover and the festival of unleaded bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, who we know were the enemies of, who were opposed to Jesus, were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. So 
it's obvious that they, these people are opposed to Jesus. But in this very home and around this very table, Jesus is surrounded for the most part by people who are not opposed to him, but by people who genuinely want to please him. The, the, Jesus, as this story unfolds, is, uh, is surrounded by people who are there because of him and who are there, uh, they want to please him, they care about him, and, and so uh, they are there around this table with him. The same would probably be true, can I suggest, today of us, on site or online. For the most part, we are probably people who aren't opposed to Jesus, but who actually want to please Jesus. But this is where it gets really interesting in what happens in the story. Because Jesus challenges what we fill our hearts with. Even as those who have found and are following him. And in fact, most of those who have found and are following Jesus in this story as it's described for us in Mark chapter 14, Jesus challenges them about what their hearts are filled with. Are we really filling our hearts with extravagant love? like this woman, for Jesus and for others? Or are we actually, when, we, when, when we're challenged about it and, and, and when we're honest about it, are we actually filling our hearts more with some quite unloving attitudes or actions? The name of this woman isn't even mentioned here in Mark. In Luke and John, there's a, there's a similar story with some similarities. Mary is mentioned by name there. Some say it's the same event. Some say, others say, no, it's, they're different events. We, we can't be certain either way. But certainly in Mark, there is, the, the, there is this woman, and she's not even named, just says this woman. But more than that, not only is she not named, she says no words. Nothing is recorded about her saying anything. She just does something that leads Jesus to say at the end of, of, the, of this Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Actions speak louder than words. And never has that been truer than here in this story. So let's pick up the story in verse 3. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume, made of pure nard. She broke the jar and she poured the perfume on his head. We have some alabaster treasures in this church family. <laughs> and I'm talking about people. <laughs> and uh, and they, they are treasures and, and uh, people are treasures and, and we've got some alabaster treasures in this, this church family. But here this woman brings her alabaster treasure in a jar before Jesus. And with her heart filled with love for Jesus, what does she do? She breaks the jar, we read, which means it would have all poured out. She didn't just give a little bit and, and out trickles a little bit. No, she, she, she pours it all out with nothing left and over Jesus' head. Now, just so you understand the significance of this, it tells us in verse 5, I think it is, um, with the response of, of some of the people, it could have been sold for more than a year's wages. In other words, it was an extreme. It was extremely costly. This uh, the, this perfume was the best of the best. It's Michelle and my wedding anniversary in ten days' time. 
And we'll do something special to to mark that for sure, but I very much doubt that it will involve spending my whole salary for the year. As verse 5 indicates was the case with, with, with how much this expensive jar was worth. In biblical times, pure nard. So it wasn't just nard, but it was pure nard. This was a truly extravagant love for Jesus being expressed here. And we say, how wonderful. But as we reflect further on what it might look like for us to fill our heart with extravagant love, it won't look exactly like it did here. But neither will it look like only showing love for Jesus or others in a way that is convenient or in a way that is comfortable or in a way that doesn't cost us much. Because that is the very opposite of what honours Jesus. And that is the very opposite of what Jesus, Jesus is, uh, is pointing out in this story. Jesus shows us as well in Matthew what filling our heart with extravagant love for him looks like in how we respond to others. Because what we do, Jesus says, for the least of these, we are doing unto Jesus. Matthew chapter 25 says this in verses 37 uh, onwards. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or when did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. In other words, Jesus is saying, uh, and, and he's reminding us there, reminds us in other parts of, of the Bible as well, that, that what we do to others, the way we respond to others is, is reflective of the way we respond to Jesus. That our attitudes and our actions and whether we are, whether we are responding in, with love and more than just with love out of duty, but extravagant, extraordinary love is an indicator of how grateful we are to God, our King. Here in Mark 14, into verse 4 and 5, it becomes clear that, let me read those verses to you, some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked this woman harshly. It becomes clear that there are, there are those surrounding and following Jesus whose hearts actually aren't filled with extravagant love, but instead are filled with exactly what's described here, harshness, rebuking, condemnation, judgment. Now, before we go too far, though, let's not let ourselves off the hook. We can, it's, it's easy for us to look back and to say, how could they do that? I wonder, though, if there are times when you and I, too, instead of how, how do we respond to difficult people around or beyond us? How do we respond to different people around or beyond us? How do we respond to desperately needy people? How do we respond to deeply hurting people? How do we respond to people who've hurt us? How do we respond to people that we we, uh, do things quite differently to the way we would do them? How do we respond to people who we don't particularly get along with? Well, that's the test. Jesus, I think, is saying to us, let's, let's let's fill our hearts instead instead of with indifference or with harshness or with unforgiveness 
or with condemnation. Let's fill our hearts instead with extravagant love. Jesus commends this woman and he commends her not just in this situation, but she becomes a part of, of, of the fabric, weaved into the fabric of the story of Jesus says later, whenever the gospel is preached. Jesus' response to this woman filling her heart with extravagant love in a way that flowed into her actions, even without her saying a word, gives us some very important final insights. That's uh, Christina's just working away there, doing little, little bits and pieces. We were going to get the, the whole painting kit, but we thought we'd made a real mess of it, make a real mess up the front. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we've gone for the whiteboard instead. Verse 6, leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. What, what's the insight from what Jesus says here? Well, it's out of brokenness. Beauty is emerging. Jesus is speaking about the beautiful thing that this woman has done. The jar was broken so that this perfume could be poured on Jesus' head, leading to Jesus describing this as a beautiful thing. But more than that, in the life of this woman, in the life of Simon the leper, whose house this, who was the host of, of what was unfolding here uh, in his life, in the lives of others there, uh, and, and in my life and yours, that can be true too. Beauty emerging out of brokenness in God's eyes. God is able to, uh, to, to work in such a way that he brings beauty out of brokenness. We come to him with a sense, or, or he calls us to come to him with a sense of brokenness. But out of that, he is able to do something beautiful. And he is able, uh, he is able like with this woman, to transform us in such a way that beauty emerges beyond brokenness. On to verse 7, it says, Jesus says this, The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them any time you want, but you will not always have me. That's a fascinating thing Jesus is saying here. The, the, he's not saying we shouldn't help the poor, quite the opposite. He's saying the poor will, will, will always be there and you can help them any time you want. But this is an opportunity. This is a moment. You will not always have me. This woman is, re, is, is acknowledged and commended for what? for recognising the God moment before her and responding to it. She didn't miss the God moment. She, she, she didn't miss the God opportunity that was before her. And we too, in different shapes and forms, will have God moments and God opportunities. God will bring people across our path. God will put us in, in, in situations or positions uh, in, in different ways where there are God moments and God opportunities before us. And as they arise, how will we respond? Will we miss them? Will we let, them, let those opportunities go by and, and, and say, oh, not now? Or, no, this, uh, oh, I'm just not sure. This woman could easily have responded like that, but she didn't. God brings opportunities that across our paths, uh, and the way that we respond is, is what this woman is commended for here. That she she took the took the God moment. She recognised this is a this is a, a specific moment that God has brought before me as allowed. Yet Jesus says, "You will not always have me." Yes, you'll be able to respond to the poor any day, any time. But this was a unique God moment. How will you respond into this year ahead? 
to the unique God moments and God opportunities that will be there before you. But then into verse 8a, what else does Jesus say? The first part of verse 8. She did what she could. This is great, what Jesus is saying here. Really insightful. She did what she could. That's all Jesus asks of any of us, to do what we can out of a heart filled with extravagant love. We don't have to do everything. We don't have to do more than we can. But Jesus says she did what she could. And we too are called to do what we can with what we have. She did what she could. Could that be said of you and I? We do what we can. We, we, do, we, we do all that we can. That's what this woman did. But as we read into verse, the second part of verse 8, Jesus goes on to say, She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Now, what's the significance of this? Well, it's this. Jesus had been actually speaking to his followers a number of times about his death. He'd been telling them, look, uh, things, are, things are going uh, swimmingly, things are going amazingly at the, at the moment. The, uh, there, were, there were miracles taking place. Uh, people were being healed. Uh, people's lives were being transformed. People were finding and following Jesus. But Jesus was telling his followers, there will come a time where I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm going to, be, I'm going to die. And he, was, he spoke about his death, but it didn't seem to register with his disciples. They, they didn't take it in. But it seems that this woman, whether it was Mary or not, really listened to what Jesus was saying. And she was attentive in such a way that, as it says here, she poured perfume on his body beforehand to prepare for his burial. That's the significance of what she did. She, she, took, she, she didn't just hear selectively or listen selectively to what Jesus was saying. She listened to all of what he was saying. And this was so significant because it, it was reflective of the fact that she understood that Jesus was going to die. She, she'd taken that in and that, that was a part of her understanding. Many of the other disciples, in fact most of the other disciples, if not all of them, actually didn't listen to that element of what Jesus was saying. I wonder, how well do I, do you, really listen to Jesus? Do we just take in what we want to hear? Or do we actually take in his words as a whole and his promptings to us as a whole? So finally, we come to verse 9. It says, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Jesus is saying here that, that this woman whose heart was filled with extravagant love is actually at the heart what she what she, what she captured and what she lived out is actually at the heart of the gospel message. It's at the heart of the good news about Jesus. Ironically, even though this woman spoke no words, as I said, that are recorded at least, wherever the gospel message is spoken in words or preached throughout the world, her extravagant love will be honoured, Jesus says. So, a final question to ask, each ask ourselves as we just uh, check back in with Christina before we ask this uh, final question. There's, uh, there's the story just unfolding <laughs> visually a little bit for you uh, as, as well. Final question to ask ourselves. 
Who am I really more like in this story? It's a challenging question. Who am I really more like in this story? Is it this woman whose heart was filled with extravagant love? Or, as Mark puts it, is it more like some of those present whose heart is actually actually in the different situations filled with a lack of love, unloving attitudes, unloving actions, condemnation, harshness. That, I think, is the most important thing to take away, the sense of who God calls us to be more like, which is to be someone who fills the slate of my life with with extravagant love for Jesus and others, out of the extravagant love that Jesus has shown us. Who am I more like in this story? Am I more like the woman? We all have hearts that, uh, that, that are imperfect. We all have hearts that, uh, that, that, that have, can have attitudes easily or can lead to actions that actually don't reflect the heart of this woman that Jesus commended, but instead... Some of those are more like some of those present. So let's just prayerfully sit with that and practically sit with that. You, you can just look, uh, if, if that's helpful, at, at uh, some, of the, the, uh, yeah, some of the story that Christina has sketched or just ponder as we allow God's spirit to search our hearts afresh, speak to us and shape us to be more and more like him. Let's pray. God, we just sit before you afresh. We're, we're not gathered round in the same way as those who are following you were long ago in this story that we've read. But nevertheless, we, we are gathered here this morning. We are gathered because we want to honour you. We want to please you. We, we're seeking to find and follow you in our lives. But God, we recognise that just as you challenged many of those long ago. You challenge us still today. We confess that our hearts too can actually not be the hearts that you would have them to be. They, Instead of being filled with extravagant love, they can be filled with the very opposite of that sometimes. God, we confess that. We ask that you would You would search our hearts and shape us by your spirit to be more like your to be more like you, to reflect your heart and to reflect the heart of this woman. Thank you for your love, God. Truly an extravagant love. A love that flows into our hearts and can fill our hearts and transform us. We don't deserve it. And yet your heart is filled with love for us. as we allow you afresh to not only speak to us, but to shape us, to allow you to be at work in our lives. May we be generous, not only in receiving your love, but in reflecting your extravagant love. The way that we respond to you, yes, but the way that we respond to others. Search our hearts and continue to search our hearts to discover what's really there. 
Help us to listen to you and not just some of your words, but all of your words. Help us to allow you to bring beauty out of our brokenness. Help us to respond to the brokenness of others with extravagant love. To honour you in how we respond to others, whether they be difficult or different or whatever it might be. And help us to just simply do what we can, as you said of this woman. And to not miss the God moments and the God opportunities that you will bring across our paths and across in, in our days to not only share your love, but to show your love in extravagant ways to others that you bring across our path. So continue to be at work by your spirit, I pray, as we prayerfully and practically recognise what it is that you would have us to take away today from this story, from your words to us, from that visually expressed by Christina. Continue to go with us, we pray, and to shape us to be more and more like you, we pray. Ask this in and through the transforming, beautiful name of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.